Hello and welcome to episode 16 of series 3 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. I hope you're having a good August. You might be listening to this on holiday. It seems that everybody at the moment is on holiday or planning their holidays. Very popular time of year across in Europe and the UK for holidays. And it's very hot at them, humid at the moment. But we're really, really busy at the moment. Really, really interesting projects that we've got on the go. So uh, no holidays for us, but uh, happy to be here on on the podcast. Um, What I thought I'd do is just really quickly at the beginning, like I normally do, just give you a quick heads up on what's coming in the next uh, few episodes, next next couple of episodes coming up after, after today's. So on the 30th of August, we have an interview with Jonathan Hensley from Emerge. He's going to be telling us all about how we can align leadership and action, how we can make sure that our leaders' words match their deeds and the importance of that in communications, which I'm sure we're all aware of. Then following that, on the 13th of September, got a great interview with David Hutchins, who is from a company called The Storytelling Leader. David does some amazing work with some some huge organisations around the world on helping their leaders to tell better stories. And that's not just about kind of telling fables and that sort of thing, but it's very much around how we can get them to articulate their vision, their views, their their whole whole leadership ethos through effective storytelling. And uh, David's going to be telling us all about how storytelling is at the heart of great communications, which again, I'm sure we're all acutely aware of. Um, On the subject of guests, we are trialing uh, some software at the moment. Now, we haven't haven't actually used it in anger yet, but we're looking at anyone who might be interested in being on the show, but in a shortened format. So not a full interview like we normally do, but just uh, it's like an automated interviewing uh, software, if you like. I'll ask you some questions that are pre-recorded questions. You can answer them um, and then we will edit them together into a a short soundbite that we can put into the show and what we're thinking might be interesting is rather than the the full length interview some people might just want to come on and just talk a little bit about what they're doing and share some of their their own experience some of their own stories with our audience um, but don't feel as though they want to be kind of going through a full interview so typically what we're expecting is a clip would last about five minutes and it's just an opportunity as I say to ask some automate answer some automated questions that I will fire at you through this particular piece of software so if you're interested in that and you and you'd like to find out a little bit more about it as i said it's 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 entirely um voluntary <laughs> you can imagine of course it's voluntary but if you would like to if you're interested in that and you, you kind of like the idea of being on the show but you don't really want to go through a full interview or you don't want to speak for a full sort of half an hour or so then what you can do is you can um you can just drop me an email at craig at the big that's craig at the big uk and I'll send you a link and you can have a go at it and if it, it doesn't work there's no pressure if you're not if, if you not happy with the outcome or you're not um you know, you don't think what you've said is what you want that on the show, then obviously there's no, we won't use it. You can let us know. And similarly, we'll let you know if we, if we think, you know, either it needs re-recording or if we only want to use a little part of it or something. So it's an opportunity to be on the show. If you're thinking, I kind of quite like the idea of being on the podcast, but I don't want to really kind of, I don't want to be kind of speaking for, for that long. And and obviously the chance, the, the opportunity that you've got with this, uh, the way of doing this is you can kind of re-record your snippet. If you don't like it, you can have a go at redoing it. So 
So that that's just a thought. Drop me a line, Craig at the Craig at the bigpicturepeople.co.uk, and we'd be happy to uh, you know have a quick conversation. We can exchange emails. We don't even need to probably talk. Um, so that's that. Um, the other thing that I just wanted to make you aware of is this week. And this is sort of very. Uh, if you if you're listening to this after the the day it goes out, you may you may well miss it. So we have another webinar coming up, which is on the eighteenth uh, Thursday, this Thursday, eighteenth of August. So if you're listening to this, as I say, real time, then. Um, then you'll be able to sign up. If, if you miss it, though, uh, I'll give you the link in a moment. You can still sign up for another repeat of this webinar that we're running on the 20th of August, uh, 20th of October, sorry, and also on the 15th of December. So if you want to book up for one later in the year. So it's all about helping your employees see, understand your organization's big picture. It's all about how we, how we can help our leaders to articulate the big picture of our organization, the vision, the values, the mission, all of those things that are really important for our employees to know and how we can engage them in a conversation about that. So that's what the webinar is about. If you're interested in that, it's at three o'clock UK time and you can sign up for that at our website. If you go to thebigpicturepeople.co.uk, go to the events tab on the menu and click down, you'll see it. It's the actually the, uh, the, the, this, the first event that's listed. There's a little drop down menu. You'll see the 18th of August. As I say, though, if you want to sign up for one of the events later in the year, if you've missed this one, then you're more than welcome to do so. And uh, it's all completely free as well, I should have, I should have said. OK, I think that's... That is everything. Sorry, quite a lot, long introduction. Let's get into the interview for this episode. Since the beginning of 2020, for most of us, we have experienced a huge transition in the way that we work. We are now, more of us are more uh, working from home, we're working hybrid, we're working in ways that we would never have been able to probably contemplate before the pandemic and before the the needs of the pandemic and the isolation that followed. One of the things that we're probably all acutely aware of and that gets talked about a lot is about mental health and well-being. And what I wanted to do was to explore how we can use the tools at our disposal, whether that's Microsoft Teams or Zoom or all of the different suite of tools that have suddenly proliferated since the beginning of, of the pandemic and hybrid working to actually help our employees with their mental health and their well-being. How can we build a culture where we communicate effectively, where we listen, where we share but also where we create ways of working that are conducive to our mental health, to good mental health. So that's what we're going to be looking at in this interview, in the interview that we're going to be putting out into this show. We wanted to look at what are the, some of the tools that are available and how can we create a sense of digital well-being in our organisations when we're all working dispersed, when we're all working in different locations, and also when we're starting to re-emerge into a, a sense of hybrid working with people working remotely and together. Another another important part of that is the this, uh, the idea of loneliness that actually, ironically, we're hearing this quite a lot, is that despite being in meetings back to back on uh, Zoom or Teams uh, every day, there is also a heightened sense of loneliness born out of social isolation. And again, that might be only for a few days a week now that we're moving back into hybrid, but that is having an impact. And how can we minimise and mitigate that in our organisation? So that's the topic for today, This the importance of digital well-being in our organisations and what tools do we have at our disposal to help us to be able to deal with that. So I hope you find this an interesting conversation. 
My guest today is Alex Graves. Alex is the co-founder at Silicon Reef, and Alex has over a decade of experience working with Microsoft collaboration tools for enterprise clients. As a non-technical person, Alex's focus is always on people-led outcomes with a variety of clients increasing their employee productivity and engagement using Microsoft technology solutions. Alex is also the host of the Work Happy podcast. So good morning, Alex. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. And whereabouts in the world are you for our listeners? So I am based in the sunny south coast of England, um, just uh, in Poole in Dorset. And uh, I can look out of my window. I'm currently sat in my summer house in my garden and uh, I can see the sea just about. It's a bit of a grey day, but Mm -hmm. hey, it's uh, springtime. Summer's just around the corner. Sounds idyllic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, it just sounds lovely I, I i was on a train i spent a long train ride yesterday up at north coast northeast coast of scotland it was uh, having the sea in your in your view is, is mm. hugely relaxing while you're working and uh it's it's very very good so i am I'm, I'm massively envious of you even though I'm only about seven miles from the sea there's no way i can see it from where i am <laughs> um so uh if you could tell us a little bit more about your work well, you know how did how did silicon reef start where's it come from tell us a little bit more about the business i've given a little bit of an overview there alex if you don't mind yeah, absolutely. No problem. So so Silicon Reef um, is a Microsoft 365 gold partner. Um, our mission is to help organizations towards working happy. And that's why the podcast that I host is called Work Happy. Mm. Um, and as you mentioned, it's about productivity, employee engagement and well-being. And we believe that the Microsoft 365 suite has what it takes to help to help people with their collaboration um mm-hmm. and you know we formed five years ago um and it was five of us that formed the company um, we were colleagues and friends who worked at unilever and uh, the experience that unilever gave us uh, in the collaboration center of excellence as it was called then, yeah um we really understood what it took for an enterprise scale movement towards agile working as they called it Mm. and we now know that's hybrid working Um, (laughs) and uh, you know the many phrases that it's gone through and we were helping that business go on that journey and silicon reformed as many kind of startups do is is through opportunity Mm. and um, the opportunity really just came up that we said actually now could be the great time to start our own consultancy and take the experience that we've learned from unilever and start doing it with other people Mm. And then, so here we are um, further further down the road, and we're just over 30 people in our business. We have about 30 customers. Uh, those customers range from Unilever, we're backing there again, yeah. um, Ang- Anglo-American, Met Office, Sega, uh, some other go- government customers too. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, I think I think the uh, I love those stories of, of ideas that started. I mean, our business started in in a similar way. In in fact, there was an idea that started in a corporate context, and hey, this could work outside with another other businesses as well because it's so. It, we, and I think it's it's great when those um, you know got that proof of concept internally, and you can take it to, to the rest of the world. So brilliant. And yeah, silicon I, and the name Silicon Reef. I mean, I guess the silicon. I get the kind of silicon, or am I making a erroneous conclusion there about the sort of digit digital? Where, where exactly. did the name Silicon Reef come from? 
So yeah, no, as with any naming any any business, it took us <laughs> probably about six months to get the name right. Um, mm. But yeah, you know, silicon is a digital part. There's a Silicon Valley where all of the innovation comes on, and we want to be an we wanted to be seen as innovators in everything that we do. Mm. Um, and so that's where the silicon part came from. And reef, it's actually something you know I, I live by the sea, but a reef is an ecosystem, um, mm. and a reef thrives from things working together as an ecosystem. Whether it's you know the fish that provide you know um the nutrients and then mm. they take the food from the sea floor the coral and everything and really we see microsoft 365 as an ecosystem of applications that with the when you start working with them all together that's when you get the most out of it so yeah. we felt that the reef was really like a representative of the microsoft ecosystem so mm. That's where it came from. Excellent, excellent. No, that that oh, that's that's ni- a nice uh, a nice story behind it. it makes sense. And uh, so I must admit, I'm I, I'm you know I'm I'm uh, I'm coming at this from a perspective. I, I, I you know hands up. I don't use my, of Microsoft three six five, and I, actually I do use Office uh, suite of products. So I, I probably that's probably not entirely correct. But mm-hmm. I guess you, you know generally speaking, it's more of a corporate application. I guess I might be wrong there, but I'm interested to know how how you know how practically it works and so my understanding is is the sort of what you do is like personalizing intranets it's kind of embedding those those tools and particularly nowadays i guess microsoft teams because as you alluded to you know five years ago I guess it was a harder sell, but as, whereas now it's it kind of everybody is is all over Teams, and, and and we use it. Obviously, that's another aspect that I guess we do use. So, and and I know part of that your philosophy, and you alluded to this, is because you, you're a non techie yourself, is about how we can use this to to create better conversations, how we can use these platforms, and then again it goes to your reef analogy there of this ecosystem. So, do you want to just say a little bit more? as a non-technical person to speaking generally i guess to non-technical people like myself about about what are some of the things you're doing there and how that kind of builds this happiness and engagement and how you see that you know being able to uh, to, to facilitate that as it were yeah you're quite right that you know that the the microsoft ecosystem it is about lots of just different applications coming together to enhance that employee engagement and employee experience and you think back over the last two and a half years, Silicon Reef have been contacted probably maybe two or three times with more intranet builds than in the previous two and a half years prior to that. Mm. And, you know, part of that is like a journey of the natural digital transformation that some organizations were going on. But the majority of it was driven by, you know, that growing importance of employee engagement um, coming to the forefront of organizational needs. And it really was expedited by the pandemic. Mm. And then, um, you know, the, you, like you said, Teams was something that you know people had an idea of. They may have used it for some messaging as Skype was going away because Skype was always the thing that everybody was chatting to each other on. Yeah. Um, and back in 2019, um, there were about 20 million daily active users of Microsoft Teams. And then you fast forward to January 2022, <laughs> and there's 145 million daily activity mm. daily active users. So that that's just shown you how quickly everyone's adopted and grown towards that transformation trend of you know, connecting with each other from that remote workforce, but also what happened in early 2021 and what we're seeing ourselves do more and more with our customers now was Microsoft timed it with the launch of a new platform that they called Viva. Yeah. 
And uh, some of you uh, listeners may have heard of things called Viva as a platform and how it plugs into Teams. And those of you that have got, you know, maybe a SharePoint intranet will be looking at moving towards Viva connections. And Microsoft have really played a fantastic card here because the timing of it was great because they already had the platform growing in Microsoft Teams and, you know, everybody's using it for chatting with each other, sharing files with each other, having meetings. And then Viva Connections um, was, well, Viva as a platform was launched. And Viva Connections was really the thing that Microsoft have launched late last year to say, everybody's working in Teams. This is what Microsoft call it, uh, the flow of work. It's a very yeah. Microsoft term. <laughs> but, and, it, and it basically just means that if you're working in Teams, having your conversations in your meetings, and you want to you know, continue with people not having to break their flow, which is where the flow of work comes in, yeah. by swapping application or swapping out to a browser, going and looking at your, you know, your intranet, which was traditionally in a browser, um, or maybe your internal communications are received in your inbox via your Outlook email. Um, and now it's available in Teams. So that flow of work doesn't really need to be broken anymore. Mm -hmm. And that shifting between applications, it's being reduced. So the more and more things that we're seeing people move towards is that enablement of you know, the intranet and yeah. upgrading their intranet to their communications portal. But it's also, it's growing um, as a, a platform and a channel really, where people can connect with each other because it's putting it into Microsoft Teams and that's where people are having their conversations. Mm -hmm. So it's almost, I mean, I guess in like layperson's terms, you're almost kind of creating a, almost a, a corporate operating system where, where people, you know, all of these things are working within that environment. I'm, I'm, and I'm old enough uh, to remember pre-Windows days where, you know, you'd have to go and you'd have to open an application and it'll be in horrible kind of code, not necessarily code, but it was, it was, it was very, you know, kind of Windows was the, the, the game changer there where everything came into, you know, the kind of, it was all icon driven what you see is what you get sort of thing whereas um and i guess that's kind of the next iteration of that is what team or microsoft 365 and particularly teams is what they're doing now is is that sort of next next version of that is that is that fair to say yeah that that's really fair to say mm -hmm. and, and, uh, rather than seeing the microsoft 365 as an app mm -hmm. you really have to look at it as like you said it's an operating system it's where it's where you kind of you turn on your laptop and you know you don't even think about windows nowadays because before you know it you've mm. either opened up outlook and you're mm. in outlook working or you're in teams starting yeah. your conversations and yeah. it's really a platform that microsoft have introduced with teams and they're extending it with the ability to add other apps like viva and viva is actually a multi multi-tiered application mm. um, and the intranet is just one more app that you can now add in there to have your conversations and to to start that engagement with your workforce. Sure. Excellent. Excellent. Anyway, we said we were non-techie and we've just had a really techie conversation, or for <laughs> me anyway, a relatively techie conversation. So um, I'm really intrigued now to go into the, the, the kind of the, the more human element of this. And and you, you, you when we originally spoke, you you talked about the fact that um, what you were looking at doing is, is building a well-being angle into this. So in terms of um, people can monitor how they're doing in terms of managing their time and their well-being. So uh, this is something that's completely new to me and, 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 and using, I guess, this operating platform that we've just been discussing to not only to do my work, but also to, 
and I guess it, it's. I mean, I've I've, I've got a I've got a, a you know a smart watch that tells me when I need to stand up, and it tells me when I've not washed my hands properly, and all of that sort of stuff. So I guess it's. Uh, but I, having it on your desktop is slightly different. So tell um, whether that's an, an, an accurate analogy or not. I don't <laughs> know, but I'm really interested to find out more about how that that works and how you're the kind of work you're doing in that space. It, it is a good analogy because the smartwatch that you have it gives you prompts and whether you whether you do it or not that's kind of your decision <laughs> but it's but it's there to to yeah. help you to to at least think about it um and again microsoft timed the launch of this thing called microsoft viva and there's an, one the other element of it so we've talked about connections as the internet mm. there's another element which is called insights and this is the thing that's like your smartwatch. It, it's understanding your work habits and understanding and helping you monitor how you collaborate with your peers, how many conversations you have in a day, how many meetings you have, how much time you block out in your diary to focus mm. and to actually get things done and mm. not be back to back to back on meetings. And it and it's there to, to help you to structure and monitor and maintain your work habits. and. As we saw in the last two and a half years, you know, the, the term of you know, Zoom fatigue and mm. um, video burnout and mm. uh, all, all those things that we've never really heard of before suddenly mm. started to be more you know, prominent in our vocabulary when we're thinking about working life. And insights is really there as a, a thing to say, like your watch, like, like you, you know, mm. um, you've got this on today. I, have you planned for that? Are you ready for that meeting? But also... Um, would you like to take some time out in your diary to block it out for focus mm. time mm. Where, you, where, you know, where people won't be able to stick in that last minute meeting into your diary? Um, so Viva Insights is another tool that Microsoft provides you to help monitor that well-being. Um, and it just monitors your work habits. And it's all completely anonymous. Um, it's all, you know, it's not going to report it to your manager and say, oh, this person's not working or this person's working too much. It's there to help you to monitor your work habits. Um, so, and again, that's part of the Viva suite. Mm. And then when you think about how that transitions into you know, looking after yourself or maybe, um, you know, changing how you might work. Another thing it has is it, it built in a virtual commute. Mm. And then when you think about this concept of the, the hybrid working world that we're, we are going to be moving towards, and it's a natural evolution of our working habits, the commute that we used to rely on to, you know, switch off and to mm. take some time out to think about and reflect on our day, um, going either to or from the office, um, it now has that built in to you know, an email that gets sent to you every day in the morning to say, here's the things that you've got coming up. And I've scheduled my virtual commute for half past five every day to say to me, are you ready to start your commute, Alex? And mm -hmm. it will prompt me and say, actually, Alex, it's the end of your working day. Let's start unwinding. Let's start thinking about um, what you've got on tomorrow. And it will help me write a task list as well of things that I want to carry over to my next day. So this is the productivity element of our of our work happy that we describe. Mm. And it's helping me think about what I've got ahead of me, prepare myself for the next day that I may have done on that commute if I'm on a train or you know in my car just reflecting on my day and looking at thinking about what I've got on tomorrow. Um, but it also has the ability, um, and again, you have you know the head the headspace app. Yeah. Um, you literally have the ability to to do like a, a headspace, um, I think it's like a three-minute headspace where you can just unwind. Mm. And, you know, you may be sat at your dining table, as lots <laughs> of people maybe will have been for their working life at the moment. Mm. I'm lucky enough to sit in my garden. Mm. But 
the ability to literally to detach yourself from that working day rather than just say, yep, laptop's done. I'm now straight into cooking yeah. dinner for the kids and off yeah. I go. Yeah. Take that moment to unwind. Yeah. And that's that well-being part that um, the Microsoft tools are helping us also to think about. And it's preparing us for that hybrid working world that is naturally being adopted now as we move forward. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. I, I mean, I, I, as I say, I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm certainly not using that aspect of, of Microsoft 365, but it's really interesting. And I guess, you know, the analogy is, is because my watch tells me to, you know, I, I, it's, I was going to ask the next question I would ask you is, 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 because you mentioned this around, you know, you can, you can turn it off and you can ignore it and, 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 and actually ignoring it can become a habit as well. So you did, um, but, but I mean, in terms of mind watch, it'll tell me, you know, you need to do a mindfulness thing, which, you know, when you're in the middle of a kind of like, last minute proposal sometimes it's yeah. like not now please not, not now, now yeah. no, no. but um but no but i mean in terms of and i'd be interested to get find out you know you've you've, you've articulated really clearly there how it works i mean in terms of kind of culturally I, I guess there's a cultural element within teams and within organizations because if we're all using those features then we're more, well, I guess it's kind of obvious to say then we're going to more likely to use them. But I guess if I'm just sort of the one only thing, I seem to be the only one in my team who's sort of using this this functionality and nobody else does and they kind of just, you know, override anything that I've got there that's for my own sort of mental health and well-being. And it kind of like means, well, what's the point? Any, I mean, what what's your experience in terms of i guess uptake of those that those those attributes and those those functionalities or features and uh, in terms of which organizations from your experience are, are really using them well and maybe what are some of the things they're doing that organizations that maybe aren't using them as well um are, are you know could learn from and i guess that's a really long complicated question but hopefully it makes sense yeah yeah no, i'm happy to kind of break that down a little bit as well because our definition of working happy we think it's working happy is different for everybody yeah um so so some people like to start their working day you know with a, an hour blocked out in the morning to plan the day ahead and then they start to think about you know okay getting them ready they ready for themselves other people would like to do that at the end of their working day and things like these tools they're just there to help you at least have a habit and to promote the habits and whether you choose to do them or not um, like there's a tool called microsoft to do which is the it's like an online notebook really that you would normally write down in a task list and whether you're somebody who wants to do that in a digital format and actually write it into to do or you want to actually track it and just in your in your personal notebook and write it down whatever fits your whatever fits you as an individual and your your ways of working that you know work for you um where we've seen our customers uh, and you know where we see the market taking this is that we actually believe that internal communicators play and you know the hr people and the employee experience people they play a really big part in mm. advocating and raising awareness and we've seen some really good campaigns being run around well-being particularly over the last couple of years um and these campaigns internal communications campaigns raise awareness of what's going on and you know how, how the tools work not just from a technology perspective, but also how it can benefit you as an individual from your your mental well-being and your your focus and your mm-hmm. productivity at work. Um, and we we work with our customers actually to, to run advocacy sessions, um, and we run them internally as well. You know, we're only a team of thirty, um, but we are at the moment. You know, this Monday we're we're running sessions on how to help our sales be more productive mm. and, and advocating some of the tools and letting people know 
at least raising awareness internally. Um, and I don't think it really matters what size of organization you are. Um, having your internal champions to be able to say, you know, I'm a well-being champion and I this is how I practice and telling stories from, you know, I've, I've changed my work habits to use a virtual commute. Mm. And this is where internal comms and, you know, running campaigns for awareness, it really comes into its own because okay. it's through telling those stories that you can drive adoption and awareness um, as well as just like links to hint, hints and tips and tricks. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's really, oh, that's a really good point. I think like kind of legitimizing it through some use case stories, through how people have, you know, started to to, to normalize this, 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 well, I guess not not so atypical situation that we find ourselves in now because we've been doing it for two two years ago, but I still think it, it, it's still early days. We've got, you know, it, it's been a, a huge change for everyone. So I think that's a, that's a really important part of um and in, you know the role that, as you said, internal communicators, employee engagers, anyone who's involved in organisational development in that context can really help with. Um, no, I think that's really good. And I mean, in terms of, uh, we've talked about this before on the podcast. In in terms of, um, I think one of the things we've noticed, and I've noticed, and heard people talking about is that obviously there can be sometimes a illusion of of engagement through when we emphasize digital because we're kind of used to social media and likes and shares and all of that sort of thing um we had a conversation back in uh, the, the the second series where we were looking at it, but is that is that actual engagement you know is is liking something or clicking a little thumbs up actually engagement or is it is engagement actually indicated when we see people starting to have a conversation around something there's more of a kind of two-way flow so i don't know whether this is something that the, your your experience or you have experience of with with the sweetest tools that you, you you're looking at but how can we how can we monitor how engaged people are with either the organization or with a particular message or within their team rather than just you know looking at the kind of hold hard metrics of 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 how many meetings we've had and that sort of thing is is there a way within the, the tools that you use that we can actually yeah. measure whether you know particularly i'm looking at this primarily i guess from an internal communication so if we send a message out through our channels which include some of the 365 tools can we see whether that's just been read or whether it actually has sparked some sort of communication what, what, what are your thoughts on that alex yeah, so so Microsoft, you know, you, you, the, mo the most popular channel is still email. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've still got that as your main channel for sending out the comms. And there's some great tools out there for tracking open rates and things and read rates. And But like, like you said, it's that what's next? What's the, fo what's the follow on conversation and that listening piece that yeah. really understanding. And this is something that Microsoft 365 doesn't really do that well yet yeah. at least um there are things in the roadmap to to help you know do more listening and um you know in a in a, in a secure and safe way that doesn't jeopardize people's um human rights from those yeah. sorts of things yeah. by sharing information but um there are things like in in sharepoint you've got some basic analytics to tell you the number of page views you've got yammer you've got yammer analytics around community engagement and practice and um teams also has some basic engagement stats there's nothing really that tells you anything around what people are saying and what they're what they're doing in terms of um, sentiment around the positive about something. Mm -hmm. If you're launching a new campaign or launch an article, are the comments that are being added you know, are they positive or negative? Mm -hmm. Or um, th there's nothing really like that in the Microsoft suite today. But actually, 
what Silicon Reef did a couple of years ago. We we have a product now called Ripple that plugs on top of the SharePoint platform and integrates with um, Microsoft Fever and 365. And we've built that specifically around in t- running internal campaigns um, okay. so that you can actually measure the engagement, um, measure the analysis, and it's actually pulling up, you know, people making comments on news articles and things, and it's providing a dashboard overview of analytics to say that this is a very positive sentiment around this in um, campaign. And you can group lots of articles together against a campaign of well-being, diversity and inclusion. Um, and we've actually built that as a product of our own. But the Microsoft suite itself is emerging and evolving. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's there's nothing yet in terms of listening. Okay. Um, and the analytical piece, it's very rudimentary today. Okay. Okay. Now that's that's fair enough. Uh, and what about employee in, employee generated content? Because I know this always generates a really interesting debate around moderation, and 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 some organisations are saying, "Hey, look, if we can't trust them to use a platform like this and generate their own content, then it's you know treat them like adults." Whereas others are much more controlled and and wary. I mean, what are you what are your thoughts and experiences on on employees being allowed to just generate? And I'm obviously, well, we have anyone usually can generate emails or messages i'm talking about more kind of mass uh, communication type uh, tools within these platforms what are your thoughts on that alex yeah and the trust word it comes up again and again and again when you think about employee generated content we're working with some customers at the moment and actually their their views are quite some of them are very different mm. um, some of our enterprise customers you know in in their like 30 30,000 employees for example um, they still want that stage gate approval to say that if content is generated from within the business, it must be reviewed by at least two peers before it can be published. Mm. Uh, and, and the tools allow you to do that. The, the tools are set up to allow you to do that. Um, but it's that trusting again of like, well, you know, we don't want to put something out there that either reads badly or reflects badly on a thing. We, mm. we have to have that moderation in, in place. And it becomes the intranet and content owner's job to do a lot of proofreading, really, mm. uh, and to go backwards and forwards. Um, but we are seeing a more of a trend, and I think some of the technology lends itself to this, such as Yammer, hmm. um, and, and you know, and and Teams to a certain degree as well, in terms of the the size of the communications that you send, that kind of um, micro communication, and also think like think outside of the the working world, things like TikTok and and hmm. Twitter, hmm. you know, the the micro posts and and small bits of bite sized information being shared from within you know yammer or teams or on a social platform whether it's you know facebook for workplace or whatever it might be all those different um tools are about that employee generated content we aren't yet seeing a significant shift towards employees writing content that surfaced on an intranet homepage. yeah that's still very much you know the intranet owner and the internal comms own own that um but what we are doing, uh, and again, something that our product does, it helps identify thought leaders. Um, so if there are people that are people creating lots of articles around well-being or writing lots of comments around well-being in a workplace and in like Yammer, they might be using a hashtag of uh, well-being, for example. Yeah. You st- using some of the analytics in, in Yammer, you can identify a topic and see who's posting the most. Okay. And that might help internal communicators identify thought leaders in the business who can do that employee-generated content, and they might become a champion. Yeah. You wouldn't have known they were a champion because perhaps they're in a different geography to you. Hmm. Um, perhaps they're somebody you've ne- you know, never even met or heard of before, but the technology can help you identify who those people are 
by using some you know really basic analytics of what's being talked around with this hashtag topic mm. who's posting the most around it and you can pull up some information about that um but in, employee generated content still definitely has that trust element to yeah. it and yeah. we haven't yet seen that big shift of let everybody to create content because there's still that element of control yeah. um and i don't think that's going anywhere but the platforms are there such as yammer um, yeah. for example, where that social element can be taken place. Yeah, I guess it depends heavily on the culture of the organization, you, you know, the, the, the level of trust that exists already, uh, you know, that it, it's it's not, it's going to probably translate or, or be transferred into their attitude to, uh, to, to to letting people, you know, kind of do this. And I, I'm, I remember back to the really early days of Instant Messenger when, you know, having, having working in organizations where it had to be closed down because it was just, you know, within a few weeks because it was just, just turning into a kind of a yeah. totally inappropriate, you know, it was because people just didn't, you know, there was no accountability and, and no monitoring of it. And, and, and yet, you know, you kind of think, well, we've got even more of those tools out of this. Well, then, you know, people use social media, which I guess isn't really a very good analogy, I guess, you know, so considering so how, so how some people use it, you know, and I guess it's responsible and irresponsible use of, of these sort of platforms is, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's going to it's going to happen anyway, but I guess it does link to the culture of the organisation to a large extent. Um, I want to just finish off by asking you just a question, which just really arose when we were chatting before we started recording, and it was just something I think is relevant to, to what we're talking about here. You were talking about um, a loneliness report, and um, it kind of resonated with me. And I, I don't know whether I've got the right context around this, but uh, I think I, I've heard people saying, you know, I've never been in so many meetings and yet never felt so lonely. It, with the with the kind of in the context of those meetings being digital now, I don't know whether that's what your loneliness report was about or whether it's, it's related to that, but it just sounded really interesting in the context of what we've been talking about today could you tell us a little bit more about that please alex yeah absolutely so silicon reef are advocates of hybrid and remote work we've been a remote business since we started um but something that was really highlighted as you know through throughout the pandemic and everything was that everybody's really sat like i said in the dining room or in in their office at home or in the in the garden wherever they are and their only interactions really are through a screen and that human contact is something that was becoming more and more important. Um, and one of the things that we talked about as a, as a team internally at the beginning of this year was we would like to see each other more as soon as we can. Mm. And it led us to thinking more and more about how you know people will have been lonely or isolated and different types of, you know, some people aren't lucky enough to be surrounded by, you know, friends and family and, and parents and things. Some people are working in, in a in a one bedroom flat perhaps or on their own or a studio flat and that's their working environment and they might not see anybody for the whole day or maybe even beyond the day. And so we ran a survey to ask, you know, um, when have you experienced what have you experienced when working somewhere other than the office and along with lack of motivation and disconnectedness 36 mm. percent of people said they actually felt lonely mm. and um this led us to think about you know what that means in terms of the future hybrid working for workforce and how we can actually combat that loneliness by doing more to be inclusive of people to to make sure that we are inviting people to to connect with their colleagues some more and we actually as part of the report we talked about and the rise of the third workplace to to try and prevent loneliness and you you know you've got your office you've got your home but what what are the other places where people might be working and more and more of a trend is 
a cafe, a garden, a co-working space. Some people even said they'd be working in the car, um, you know, and um, our report really flags how you can do more to combat loneliness and mm-hmm. how technology can actually help with combating that loneliness. Um, and the report goes on to say, you know, with some recommendations and some some action points that we can do, um, as well as, uh, you know, some really important contact points with MIND. And uh, there's actually a campaign to end loneliness as well. Yeah. Because it's becoming something that's more and more talked about. And um, we ran this report. I think it was a thousand, uh, just over a thousand people responded into the report and it breaks it down into different age groups. Um I hope we can put it into the show notes so people can actually see yes. see the report and see the outcome. No, absolutely. I was going to I was going to ask ask that if we could do that, whether it was in the public domain or not. Or yeah, no, yeah. That, that would be great, Alex. I'll, I'll I'll go through at the end of, and just just wrap up, and then I will go through a little bit more about any any relevant uh, links that we can stick into the uh, into the show notes. No, that sounds really interesting, and I think really you know important because I agree. I think uh, and I, and and I think it's not just. You know, I, I know you alluded to this, and it, and I think it's important co-working spaces and being able to, you know, even if if you if you're now in a situation where you know it's just not, there are days where you just need some company, but you're not going you're not going to go into the office for whatever reason. I think you know, I think yeah, having a co-working space, being able to sort of go into those is really important. But I think it's more than that, and I think it's really interesting for me because I've heard a lot of people talk about well. In, it's been great for introverts working from home and extroverts have found it really difficult. And I think that there's an element of, you know, and I'm using kind of very basic kind of psychological profiling language there, but I think, um, I think there's an element of truth in that, but I think it's not just, I, I know people who I would say are more introverted who still have found it really difficult. And I, you know, and I, and in the same way, I know extroverts in a, in a, in a, in a you know, a busy kind of face-to-face working environment who sometimes struggle and just need a bit of quiet as well so yeah it's not as i don't think it's as kind of simplistic as that i mean did, did you report highlight any of those sort of factors or was it was it really merely talking more more kind of um you know kind of looking at people in general i i guess yeah it highlights some factors about you know why people choose to work outside of the home or office yeah. and it, it, you know the report says about 40% of people do want to try and get away from distractions mm. um, and there's also about separating that home and that work uh, environment as well and lots of people actually do want to go back to either an office or that mm. third workplace just mm. to try and put a separation between being at home yeah um but 26 people 26% of people said they actually just they want to go somewhere just to feel connected to a community of people mm, as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, the report highlights, you know, it's not, it's not about technology as such, no. but it's more around, you know, how we can think about being aware of this as a, a need from our, from mm. our employees, our colleagues and our friends, you know? Mm. Um, and I think it's just raising awareness of that as a, as something we need to consider and, and how we communicate and engage and collaborate with our colleagues as well. And taking some time to recognize, you know, we might need to make sure don't just jump straight into a meeting. Check how people are. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, ask a question. Do that. Do that. It, how are you doing? What do you, you get up to at the weekend? I think that's still that human factor, that humanness yeah. Yeah. that's still needed. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, look, Alex, that's been really, really wonderful. I've I, I found I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about about tools that I didn't know existed within within Microsoft three six five, and and I'm particularly in, in, interested and. Um, found it really enlightening around the the fact that you've got these kind of you know use the analogy of the smartwatch and how the smartwatch and having that in a kind of corporate environment I think is fantastic and I like the idea of this 
single ecosystem of, of 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 where you've got all of these tools coming together and to make it kind of seamless. But I also really like what we've talked about there around this. Um, you know, you you were very honest and saying, look, you know, there's there's still work in progress in terms of these these tools that look at engagement. But then, you know, that 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 whole well being piece, I think, is massively important at the moment for organizations i know a lot of uh, you know it's kind of become the latest buzzword my, my mental health and well-being but i do think it's massively important given you know the last thing we we're talking about there around this kind of social upheaval that we faced which is you know we are inherently social beings and and we, we're now working in ways that we don't have to be social but but we still need to be and it's that sort of challenge that i think of how we reconcile that i think is really important i think and your loneliness report i'm definitely going to dig that out and have a look at it for myself anything yeah. finally from you just to sort of wrap up and uh, before we talk about any any links that will stick into the show notes alex no, I just just to say thank you very much for having me on the show. And, um, you know, that Microsoft 365 is a fantastic ecosystem and it's mm. all about how the tools can work together. Um, you know, the Internet is becoming more and more important as a, as a communications channel. Mm. Um, and what we've seen emerging over the last couple of years and the way that technology is pushing particularly enterprise customers towards is that enablement of that single that single workplace and that and again that flow of work so you don't have to keep that context switching yeah. um, and microsoft teams you know it's it's a platform or like it like you said an operating system where you switch it on and i can get up and running and do my work yeah um, and i just think you know that that's that's the focus i think for the the hype that will support the hybrid workforce going forwards yeah um, and that's what we we're here to help people to do Fantastic. Well, look, on that note, then, in terms of reaching out to you, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what I've already planned to put in the show notes, and you can ask, uh, you can mention to see if there's anything else. So I was going to put a link into your own LinkedIn profile, um, which I love you. I love the, t- I, I know, I always know when people are kind of LinkedIn savvy when they've got their, their name sorted out in their URL. <laughs> yeah, but I love yours because yeah. you're, I am Alex Grave. So I really like yeah. that. So I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, you've, I'll put a link into Silicon Reef as well so people can have a look at the work that you do there. Um, we mentioned the the loneliness report I, I, you don't need to read out the url but i'll get the the loneliness report off you if that's okay we'll do that yeah. after we've finished recording um anything else you'd like us to share with the listeners uh, no just um you know linkedin is where i'm most active so p- please feel free to follow me on there we're doing a lot of work around loneliness in the workplace as we've mentioned yeah. um, and we you know the report has had a great deal of um, feedback but also if you do want to know more about things like viva topics and um, viva learning and viva the viva suite and how it plugs in i'm regularly posting content on there about that and um so if you wanted to follow somebody just to learn more about it um and to, um, what it can do and how it can benefit you a lot of our content is gated towards um sorry is geared towards the internal communications um staff so it's not technical language it's great it's language that will make you understand and see how it can work for you as an individual and you as a and your company that you work for as well so yeah okay um, yeah feel free to connect and also, I just I was just thinking there is also the uh, your, your podcast as well. So work happy. Um, we'll put a link, and there's that is on iTunes and all the usual. Yeah, iTunes. Places. Um, yeah, yeah okay. we're we're planning on starting recording again this summer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Okay, well, I'll put a link into the uh, to the gents tends to be iTunes is the most ubiquitous, but I'm sure that uh, uh, people if they've got other platforms that listen to the podcast on, they'll be able to find it. It's a yeah. fairly unique title. Okay, fantastic. Well, look, fantastic to speak to you, Alex. Um, 
really, really good conversation. And we may get you back on the show at some point in the future because I think there's some. I think this is a, definitely an emerging space that will continue to be uh, of interest. And as, as you identified, is is constantly evolving at the moment at quite a rapid rate. So I think it'll be good to get you back in the future at some point. I'll have, a, have another catch up with you if that's okay. Yeah, happy to do so. And thanks a lot, Craig, for having me on. My pleasure. Thank, thanks, Alex. Take care. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.